goodbye before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome to the first installment of the Weekend Ramble. This is where I take some stories throughout the week and combine them into one episode. And today's episode is going to be about my opinion on the 205 Live possible cancellation situation and why I think Bray Wyatt should not be Universal Champion anytime soon. So, let's get started. So, the first piece of business is that um, for, for, for the foreseeable future, I will be doing my videos in this format, audio-only format, as I have issues with my camera still. <clears throat> I'm going to be looking into hopefully getting a new setup um, in the next few weeks. And then go from there, but my webcam on my computer's been having issues the last couple of weeks. That's why I haven't done live videos mainly, that my schedule's been crazy. But before I recorded this, I tried the camera and it did not work. It would not record. Um, so the next week or so, hopefully I'll plan on getting a new setup um, if I can. But for the foreseeable future, my videos shall be in audio only format for YouTube and that's going to be that. So the first piece of business, the first story to talk about is how 205 Live is potentially, most likely, getting canceled. It was noted that Triple H said this a few weeks ago in, um, last week, talking about, um, 205 Live and pulling up the quotes real quick. This is from Russell Talks YouTube News. I just screenshot the quotes <clears throat> from them. It says, and I quote it, um, uh, well, anyway, the plan is that, um, Triple H is going to merge 205 Live, NXT UK, and NXT into one brand. Probably NXT UK is in the air at the moment, but they, they, he wants to do, he does want to merge 205 Live, NXT, in its own brand, <clears throat> its own universe type of thing. He said, I quote, NXT UK will sit under the NXT banner as well. Probably 205 too, breathing some new life into it, into it a little bit. I think 205 Live always existed as an island unto itself, a little bit. And it became, it become lost in this limbo. You'll begin to see it move more towards the NXT banner and the talent there. We have a lot of talent for them to begin to compete either open against anyone or in the cruiserweight division or have the title sit under the NXT brand is more meaningful. So what does that mean? That means the Triple H is eyeing 205 Live and also potentially NXT UK to be under the NXT banner, under the NXT brand. While NXT UK is under the NXT brand, because it's NXT UK, 205 Live needs this now more than ever. Ever since the Cruiserweight division was reformed in 2016, I was super excited when I first read that they were going to bring them back. They were going to put it on the, put it there in Raw and one of the hour slots and all that stuff. I had hope. I had hope. 
<clears throat> the Cruiserweight Classic match had some of the best matches I've seen in a while, especially Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi. That match was phenomenal. One of my favorite matches in recent memory. And then they announced that they're going to have their own Cruiserweight show, 205 Live. And that's when I'm like, oh no, this is already bad. The Cruiserweight division in the old school days was divided between both shows, Raw and SmackDown, I, I do believe. And they just fought for the Cruiserweight title and had Cruiserweight storylines and all that. So I remember like you had Ray versus Chavo at some point. You had the Cruiserweights fighting other other um, weight classes. You had Ray Mysterio fighting for the World Heavyweight title, beating Kurt Angle and Randy Orton at one time. You had uh, Super Crazy and Psychosis, Cruiserweights, Fighting with the tag titles at one point, if I do recall. Um, Jamie Noble had some storylines. I'm saying this is a few. You had cruiserweights intermingled with the other um, weight classes. <clears throat> and then that, you also had them fight for their own title, the cruiserweight title, and any title. So when they announced that years ago that they were going to put 205 Live as its own brand, I knew it was doomed from the start. I knew that they had no investment in this long term. And all that it was just it was just evident um, because you should never put one single thing by itself because it will get boring and stale quick because you they only had like what 15 20 people active on the roster when this first started 205 live was great and it was so often the matches on 205 live were always pretty good they like I remember watching um Leo Rush versus, versus Cedric Alexander, I believe it was, yeah. That match was incredible. They had, they had failed four-way matches, five-pack challenges, six-pack challenges, but they had a lot of great matches. And it had me kind of sad. I'm like, this match could have been featured on Raw in one of the slots, or SmackDown even, maybe. Probably more of a Raw thing. But um, they chose to do this, do this on their own little island, or Triple H called them. 205 Live should never have been its own entity. They should have done what they used to do. If any broke, don't fix it. I had no issue with the old school cruiserweight division. Some might have, but I did not. They should have divided them up in the draft, even. In the last draft they did. Maybe in the, in the upcoming draft. It's been rumored they should divide the cruiserweight division up that way. What's left of it. Because you had like Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy. All them broke the mold of 205 Live Island and uh, doing their own things. On Raw and SmackDown, do that again. Break. I, I would. Mind, I would not mind seeing like um, you also have the Lucha House Party on Raw primarily sometimes. I wouldn't mind seeing Jack Gallagher make a SmackDown appearance. Uh, join SmackDown. He could be cool. I would mind seeing the Brian Kendrick on Raw. He could make a good mid Carter, especially a heel. There's so much potential with the Cruiserweight division and other divisions, not just itself, but. The issue is that it's gotten stale over recent years, and it was very let down. <clears throat> it was one of the, the projects that already uh, flopped. I made a post on Facebook and on the YouTube channel the other week uh, asking the question, what was WWE, WWE's biggest flop? And in that category, I'd include 205 Live as, as a flop, sadly. Um, and yeah, we got the mainstream attention it, it deserved. It never ever got off to a good start. So, with them going to NXT, I think that's very good as well. Um, 
Honestly, I would just do away with the Cruiserweight title if it's going to be in NXT. Even though apparently that's not going to happen. Um, because you have the NXT title, NXT, North American title, tag titles, women's titles, Cruiserweight title. That's five titles on one brand. That's a little too much in my opinion. Then you've had, you have the NXT UK, NXT UK tag titles. I don't know if they have a minor title for that. And then they have the NXT women's title. There's a lot of titles. On the NXT brand, under the NXT banner, and the Cruiserweight title, I don't think should be on the NXT brand. But if it does, that that open possibilities too, I guess. But if they do the, use the title, they need to rebrand the title. They need to redesign the title because it's gonna have the two out five live stench on it. And then, if they're looking to make anybody forgive a 205 Live and how failed it kind of was, they need to make an orange and black, a golden black title. I don't know how they do that, but it, should, it, it needs to stand out for the rest of the titles, but it does not need to be the same title because it just needs to be. If they're redoing the Cruiserweight division again, they need to redo the title as well. So, my thoughts on the Golden NXT UK, excuse me, NXT, under the NXT banner, NXT banner, I mean. It could um, open up with some endless matches. You could, like, Jack Gallagher, and um, he could go to NXT UK for some appearances since he's from that way. Um, you could have a lot um, the Brian Kendrick in the NXT North American title picture or even in the, in, the, in the heavyweight title picture. A lot of potential there with NXT with the Cooper division coming onto it. I think it's a small move by Triple H to do this. I think NXT could use a little boost going on in television. Even though they're not struggling currently, they, the Cruiserweight division could um, help um, add to the roster and have more the diversity and have more awesome match types. So, um, cause I can say you look to House Party even fight, fighting for the uh, NXT tagging titles. Make them great. Make everyone that... Is on Cruiserweight Division look like a threat in some regard, maybe. They'll probably end up um, releasing some of the talent and thin out the Cruiserweight Division. They're going to probably um, release people that's really not prominent and just keep the prominent ones. <clears throat> but the, a Cruiserweight Division going on NXT is a smart move. <clears throat> Me, personally, I would have it to where they can appear on SmackDown or Raw, too. But I do SmackDown more than Raw because Raw doesn't need them. SmackDown for using to help fill out time. I know time's been a little rough management issue with SmackDown here lately, but they could use them and have more options for storylines maybe. But them coming to NXT, I'm excited about. I think it will be very good for the brand. So uh, thanks for this is part one of this weekend's Weekend Ramble. Make sure you stick around. Part two is coming at you. Before we get into the main event, let's talk about Impact Wrestling. That's something that I've not talked about on this channel in before. I used to be a fan of TNA Impact back in 2007-2008. I quit watching them in 2014 after the Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and all them came about and just destroyed the product, and it was just bad. I loved them, I loved them when they were um, older in 2007-2008, talking about uh, Impact. And it seems like Impact is trying to get into the war of wrestling with AEW and uh, WWE. It's been reported that they are put, um, purchasing Access TV. 
which is a uh, very popular channel in the United States, from my knowledge. Um, and they're looking to put TNA Impact on there and do some stuff with them, as, as well as continue to be on the Pursuit channel. According to a quote I got from WrestleTalk's video, they, um, it says, Anthem has planned this. Anthem is a company that owns Impact now. Has planned this for a while and was finally able to pull it off. Impact will air on access, but will, the date is still not set. I would say it'll happen in October, though. So, so what this is saying to me, loud and clear, that Impact is, does not want to be an afterthought. Impact wants to be in this war. And it says that they're going to start this in October. Actually, October's already be a blaze with wrestling content. Because in October, you got WWE moving SmackDown to Fox on Friday nights. And then you'll have AEW slash NXT on Wednesday nights and Raw, and Raw on Monday. And now, TNA Impact on whatever date, whatever day of the week they set it on. And honestly, what they'll probably do is they're probably trying to um, go against SmackDown on Friday. I wouldn't do that now, maybe in a couple of years if they want to feel that brazen. But I would not try and go against WWE off the bat right now, honestly. Because while Impact is showing some balls by um, purchasing access and moving to, uh, to, to a new time slot and show on in October, I would not compete against n neither one of the companies right now. I wouldn't go on Mondays, Wednesdays, or Fridays. So you got Tuesday and Thursday set. And honestly, that's probably what they'll do is either because it's rumored they're gonna have two shows, one on Pursuit, one on Access. I know there'll be two different shows of the same show, um, just taped for both channels. Um, I would do Saturday night of all the weekdays. Honestly, Saturday night. I think that had the best draw. Personally, because Saturday nights when most people are at home watching television, winding down, uh, um, enjoying the weekend at home with family and friends, they could watch Impact on Saturdays. Because there's no wrestling shows on Saturday, to my knowledge. And Impact could be a good thing for kids to watch. Um, I wouldn't make them a PG uh, like, like content. I would not do that. But it would be a good um, Saturday alternative to watch. Because the weeks would be full. Of wrestling content. Like I said, with Raw on Mondays, NXT slash AEW on Wednesdays, and then SmackDown on Fridays, Tuesday and Thursday, we need, we need breathing room, people. Um, and then Saturday, potentially Impact. Um, I think this is a smart move by Impact um, to buy Access TV. Like I said, it's a well known um, company. A channel, I mean, in the United States, people know about Access TV and all that stuff. Um, I've heard of it before. So I think this is a good step in the right direction for Impact. Because one thing I've admired is that over the years, Impact's been kind of a laughing stock of wrestling as far as all the promotions go. We, people would joke about how so-and-so went to Impact or they were desperate and all that stuff and this, that, and the other. Impact has some rough periods, some very rough periods. But here they are still today trying to do better. I applaud and admire that, their determination and drive to not fold. As people were talking about Impact Wrestling was going to be sold, or they're going to be closing down, or 
this, that, and the other over and over for recent years, and they never did that. So I've always admired Impact Wrestling's drive and determination to keep going. And it seems their work is slowly being paid off here. And I hope that they do good things with access. And I'll probably end up reviewing some of the impact here and there. We'll see. Because I'm going to have a lot to do with the WWE side of things and AEW. I'm watching them as well. Um, the way my schedule is going to work for that, just a little heads up, is I'm going to be probably doing a lot of recording, not live stuff anymore. I know I tally doing live stuff. I'll do some live things once my equipment gets fixed. But for the future, um, my plans to do, I'm going to um, talk about um, Raw. I'm going to record that on Tuesdays. Then I'm going to talk about NXT on um, Thursdays. And also, AEW probably be a Thursday video as well. I'm going to have to go back and watch one or the other. Um, if I'm hoping AEW, if, what they should do being smart, is have a Hulu deal. I don't know if TNT is on Hulu or not. I know they have the live TV thing, but AEW, they should be like a thing on Hulu that you can go back and watch later. Um, as far as NXT goes, I've, it's rumored that it's going to be on the WWE Network too after the fact. If that's the case, that would be awesome in a way for me. Because uh, I, I can't watch both on um, Wednesday, but I want to. And I want to choose one or the other. I really don't. So I'm hoping I can figure out a way to watch both by Thursday evening and just do two videos on Thursdays. And then I'll be doing um, SmackDown's video for Friday night on probably Saturday, hopefully. That's the goal. I'm not sure yet. That's the that's tentative weekly schedule. Um, so you'll be getting a lot of content for me coming um, up in October. But when NXT goes to the USC Network next week, I'm going to be doing NXT on Thursdays. So it's going to be... Raw on Tuesdays, NXT on Thursdays. Well, sorry, for the foreseeable future until October. Let me get this straight. It's going to be um, Raw on Tuesdays, SmackDown Live on Wednesdays, and NXT on Thursdays, hopefully. That's the, that's the tentative schedule. But anyway, to, to sum this segment up, if... If um, Impact is indeed buying access, like it's being said, that's a small move for them. I'm very, very pleased with them never giving up to um, stay kind of relevant in the wrestling game. And I think that work's paying off. I'm very excited to see what they can do on access. Um, so you can let me know in the comments below what you think about NXT, uh, excuse me, NXT, sorry, Impact buying access. Let me know in the comments below. Let's get into that main event. Welcome to the main event of this episode, where we talk about how Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, should not be Universal Champion, but if they do that, how I would book that. So, this main event is packed to the brim, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, should not be Universal Champion. I don't think he should be Universal Champion now. Or for, for the foreseeable future. Because it's been rumored that he's facing Seth Rollins um, going into Hell in a Cell and probably then after for the rematch. Um, I don't think Bray Wyatt, I'm a, I keep saying Bray Wyatt, but you know what I mean, The Fiend. The Fiend should not be anywhere near the Universal title picture anytime soon, if ever. Because to me, The Fiend is a character 
that should not be confined by a title. By a title. Um, especially with the Universal title, that title has been one that is not well received, it's not prestigious, it's nothing notable about the Universal title. So Brock Lesnar's had three freaking times. And I fear that being that the Universal title is, I, I consider the Universal title to be a flop on WWE's um, flop list I made, <laughs> talking about other week. I asked the question again, what do you consider to be WWE's biggest flop? In recent memory, I give it to you to the Universal Championship. That title has no prestige, no meaning, no luster. No, it's not important to me. I just, I can't get into that title for the time being. And Bray Wyatt's a character, the Fiend's a character, that should not be confined to anything like that. Because that means, that, well, uh, you know Bray's going to be appearing in the next three to four weeks because he's a champion and so-and-so's pay-per-view's coming up. But why should I be confined to that notion that he has to appear within this time frame? When's he going to appear? That's still there. But knowing he's going to appear in this length of time will kind of water him down. And right now, The Fiend, as a character, you have no idea, never, you're never going to know when you're going to see it. Never. Ever, ever. It was on SmackDown Live's dark match this past Tuesday. While it was um, announced to the crowd that he was going to be there to make them stay to 205 Live, those who weren't there didn't know that. And they oh, The Fiend uh, was in a dark match. Didn't know that. Didn't see that coming. Honestly, I didn't. So The Fiend now is a character that is very mystique. It's very mysterious. It's very unpredictable, which WWE needs. And if he becomes he was a champion, he will be confined to that mold of being a champion. And he's not ready for that. He doesn't need that kind of thing, honestly. The Fiend is the most over character in WWE now. I know how WWE fans have these periods where they're behind one guy, then they turn on him. That's how they're doing with Becky Lynch, kind of. This time last year, Becky Lynch was super over. She was the best thing going on TV. And here she is now, not like she was. Will The Fiend have that same issue? Maybe. I give the Fiend a year, maybe, and he will probably, he might be like that. But if Jerry books him right and keeps doing like they're doing with him, he will probably be over like this for a while. They screwed up Becky Lynch by making her team up with her real-life boyfriend and fiance, Seth Rollins, have her facing Lacey Evans. Basically, since she won the title, she's been kind of a flop. Honestly, in my opinion. Um... And with The Fiend, they cannot afford, literally, to mess up The Fiend. Um, it's rumored that they gave Bray Wyatt most of the control for The Fiend. Just had to get the okay from Vince, which scares me, more than The Fiend. Um, and that's probably where the um, success is coming. Bray Wyatt's invested in this. He's invested in making sure that The Fiend is a certain way. And honestly, if he is in the U.S. title picture, that's fine. But he can't win. And he has to win, so that's the issue, in my opinion, because uh, the Fiend should not be champion now. Because he's too hot, he's still getting, like, he's still feeling himself in the WWE, he's only had one, literally one match. And I wouldn't push him to the moon, like, to the newest title picture, at least, no time soon. And I, I would have him go through the old Bray Wyatt's list of enemies. Um, let him take out those who've wronged him in the past. Like, and all that, like Randy Orton and um, 
I'll even go after I'll go after Rowan if if somebody's in the if that's why they're building a Rowan up maybe they have him in the Fiend clash in the future maybe that's my opinion but the Fiend needs to go after old old allies and old enemies to burn the bridges so to speak of the old Bray Wyatt that's what I would do Matt Hardy and all that because they already did that Bray Wyatt excuse me with the uh, Finn Balor Kurt Angle McFoley Jerry Lawler all those have ties to the old Bray Wyatt. You had um, Finn Balor versus Bray. The match that never happened. That's a loose end he wanted to tie up. You had Cody and Mick Foley, both old GMs during Bray Wyatt's crappy days. You had Jay Lawler, who was reported that, well, from a video at service in 2013, uh, Jerry made a bad comment about Bray and commentary or something like that. And um, they all ties into the old Bray Wyatt. I would not have him continue with the title and then face foes down the line. I'll continue that now. Have him eliminate the loose ends of his past. And have me thinking, too. On the Firefly Funhouse, he mentioned how he wanted to face Seth Bond, and he said, see you in hell both times. It's been speculated that the, the defense will come to the Universal title match at Class of Champions tomorrow night and attack the winner. That's been speculated. He never said to my knowledge that he's gonna be a class of champions. Um don't really mind they advertised him pretty prematurely to help sell tickets maybe. But honestly what I would do this is what I would do. Just just me speculating booking down my head is I yeah Bray Wyatt is scheduled to appear at Class of Champions but like I said, it was never said in what match. I would have him screw Randy Orton out of the WWE Heavyweight Championship match. That's what I would do. Because it all makes sense. Because in booking-wise, I know long continuity and longevity is not going to be strong suit, as they're try even though they're trying to do better with that. The title that Randy's going for now is a title that he took off Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30. Three, I think, and that got off a match. And um, the fiend doesn't forget. That's what Bray's always said. The fiend does that he never forgets. And honestly, that is like the, the looking Bray Wyatt's past. That's the most notable recent impact in his career was that was that Randy Orton beat him for the title at WrestleMania. At the Bray Hill title, Brandy burned down his uh, house, the, the house of horrors and all that stuff. So honestly, Bray, the Fiend needs to go down this memory lane um, spree. Randy Orton is next in line. And maybe that's why they got Randy Orton so prominent now is they're going to do the Fiend versus Orton. That's what they need to do at Hell in the Sales, Fiend versus Orton. I wouldn't have The Fiend versus Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman because, in all retrospect, someone's got to lose those matches. And whoever loses, is not, it's not going to look good in the, because, like, Seth Rollins, for example, he is not good without a tie on his, on his, on his arm. I will say that. When he was with, when he does not have a title on his arm, it seems like WWE does not know what to do with him. I made that same statement about Charlotte Flair. Like, she's literally never in a title picture. Hardly ever. 
And same with Seth Rollins, he's always after some title, even if it's a tag title, the minor title, the universal title. He's always in a title feud here lately, apart from the Shield stuff. But the Shield's gone now. Reigns is doing his own thing on SmackDown. Rollins needs a title either on his own or to be chasing a title. If he loses to the Fiend, he'll be chasing the Fiend for, and we don't want to see that. Cause I don't want to see Rollins chase the Fiend like that because the Fiend is the prey, not the hunted. Or whatever that statement is, he's the hunter, not the hunted. And with Braun Strowman, if um, Braun Strowman loses to the Fiend, Braun Strowman's will look like he's a weak piece of crap because Braun Strowman's won a flop they've done as well, and that's their own stupidity for doing that. Braun has so much momentum. Someone who was so hot this time last year and then lost to Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. He's flopped ever since. Braun has been terrible ever since. And I hated that so much for him. Um, and The Fiend cannot lose. If they make The Fiend lose, I am done with WWE. I am done, done, done. AW, hello. Because the reason I say that so angrily is The Fiend is very, 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 very good. Everyone... Everyone loves The Fiend because he's mysterious, he's dark, he's unpredictable. WWE has a commodity on their hands, and if they mess this up, there's no going back for them as far as taking them seriously because they legit had a moneymaker on their hands and screwed it up. Even though they did that with Braun Strowman, they did that Braun Strowman, like I said a few months ago. Braun Strowman was the hottest thing going. He got popped out. The roof popped off of some places sometimes. He had get these hands. Shirts were doing pretty well. Much nicer doing well. He was very over. They had him lose to Brock Lesnar. With one F5 to mind. Or two F5s, I think. Maybe three. And then that was it. Braun, they had him team up with a 10-year-old for the tag team titles. They had him as Brain Strowman. Looking at back at Brock Lesnar's career, he's been a typical giant. He's been a lovable giant. He's been a goofy giant. And when he tries to be a serious giant, you can't take him seriously. So I can take him seriously currently right now, maybe. But Braun Strowman, he's a, there's nothing to lose to Seth or The Fiend. But even though he's a lose to Seth, it's rumored, according to my uh, predictions. So go watch that. I'll link that into the description. Or on the card above my above the video at some point. Um, Bond needs to be repackaged. Needs to needs to go away for a while, get injured or something, and come back as this monster heel that wants to just kill everybody and wants to um, burn his bridges. I'd say uh, even team him up with the Fiend. I'd go so far to say that my people people, people might not agree with that. But the Fiend in a very heel-focused, monstrous Braun Strowman could be an amazing team. But that's how I would book the Fiend in retrospect. I would not have him fight the Universal title. I would not have him fight for that. Because he's not ready for that. He's ready for that, but his character does not need that. And I feel like the title would actually water him down. Uh, in... in uh, Contrast, I would have him go down memory lane, a memory lane of destruction. Take out people in his past. That you can look at maybe, you know, six, seven months of booking there. Have him take out Randy Orton, Classic Champions, and they fight a Hell in a Cell. Matt Hardy in a quick little side feud. He's already taking out Bo Dallas's brother. Take out, I would even say go, to, go through Eric Rowan. That could be a very interesting um, storyline there. 
So there's a lot of loose ends breaking. Um, get tied up. But I was thinking too, if for some reason he is the Universal Champion, the Fiend is, to keep the Fiend mysterious and mystique, I would not have the Fiend appear with the title at all. I would not have I would not have the title come up. As long as the Fiend's gone, the title should be gone as well. Have the Mr. Rogers, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, and Five Five Funhouse talk about the title and all that. Kind of the third person, maybe. Have that be kind of mysterious and all that. And basically, whenever you see the Fiend, you'll see the title. And you got the other Bray Wyatt persona hyping it up like he's been doing. Kind of being delusional like he's been doing. That could work, maybe. But to end this episode, I would not make the Fiend the Universal Champion at all. I would just have him go down the memory lane, a memory lane of destruction. So let me know in the comments below what do you think about this weekend ramble. Do you think the Fiend should be Universal Champion or not? If so, why? Well, how would you book that? If not, how would you book the Fiend going forward? So let me know in the comments below. Thanks for watching this first episode of the Weekend Ramble. Talk to you soon. Have a great day, guys.